Since 1925, Bowen Lodge has built its reputation as a world-class resort for walleye fishermen visiting northern Minnesota, as well as a premier vacation destination for families seeking the Northwoods experience. Bowen has been owned and operated by the High family for over 40 years and across three generations. Families continue to make Bowen Lodge their home away from home. Traditions have been forged around the campfire, at the beach, on a sunset pontoon ride, or around the cabin. Bowen's five-star location within the Chippewa National Forest allows guests to escape the noise of everyday life, literally and figuratively. Enjoy comfortable cabins overlooking Lake Winnebagashish, plus a marina that benefits from the calm, protected waters of Cutfoot Sioux Lake. Amenities like fiber internet, AC, and fully equipped kitchens also allow guests to enjoy peace at the lake with the same conveniences of home. The resort is situated at the end of the road in the middle of the woods, giving guests a true experience in the wild north. It's where eagles soar above your cabin and the call of the loons echoes over the lake. At Bowen Lodge, you become family. Start your journey at bowenlodge.com. Welcome back to Work Seats in the House. Michael Russo, Anthony LaPanta coming to you from the press room at XL Energy Center before the Wild play the Los Angeles Kings tonight uh, here at XL Energy Center. First game that Brock Faber will play against the LA Kings since the trade uh, for Kevin Fiala, the uh, Brock Faber and Liam Ogren trade for Kevin Fiala. So I think both teams are pretty happy uh, with that. And also, uh, likely, I would think Cam Talbot's first start against the Wild. He didn't start against them last year when he was with Ottawa, but he's coming off a victory the other night in Winnipeg. So we'll see if that happens. Uh, thanks again to our newest sponsor, as you heard at the top of the show, uh, Bowen Lodge on Lake Winnebagashish. I finally got the pronunciation right, Anthony. Um, Very are, impressive. Yeah, and by the way, if you want to uh, uh, sponsor uh, the show, if you want to advertise on the show, you can always email our uh, salesperson, Karen Cleary, K-C-L-E-A-R-Y at talknorth.com. Uh, Karen uh, will help you out if you're interested in having uh, your name on this uh, show. Our next live show, speak of the, is, we're adding a show. I thought it was November 1st. We're now going to do no, October 23rd. Yeah, I've had it in my calendar all along. Yeah, I know. It's a new I, added show for you, but yeah. not for somebody who's on top of it. Yeah, I think that uh, I think that uh, Margo added that to your calendar. <laughs> October 23rd, uh, 7 p.m. at Split Rocks up in Wyoming. Um, and we have an awesome special $12.99 gets you a cheeseburger, fries, and a pint of Northeast from Grain Belt. Um, and you can also register for wild tickets as well at the event. So again, October 23rd at 7 p.m. at Split Rocks. And if you want to come out to our show November 1st, that will be at Tuttle's also at 7 p.m. Uh, first question of the show, Anthony, is uh, AJ found his passport. I have no idea. Yeah, all right. See, this is this is the problem with you, okay? I'm more worried about this than you are. So uh, you guys wake up to a, 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 an inexplicable text from your always on top of it son, Anthony Jr. today, asking just if you have a picture of his passport and mom freaks out because they're going to the Bahamas today. She's going to meet uh, his girlfriend's family. Yep, um, I did. I was aware of that yep, part. Yep. Uh, but uh, all of a sudden, she wakes up to this text wondering if there's a picture of the passport somewhere in the house, which immediately makes her panic, thinking that he can't find the passport. But you've got no updates since then. 
I have not gotten any updates since yeah. then. I know I don't have a picture of his passport. If that well, that's that, why he, if that helps anything. That's why he texted her and not you. Know, can you imagine if Margot goes out to the Bahamas well, and like meets the family, but AJ, AJ doesn't show up? Well, that would be a good story for the future. See, I'm. I, I wonder. We could. Um, I wonder. We'd have to go back and track down. Uh, the only thing I remember are some of the hotels when AJ was with us in Tuscany. Remember, we'd always have yep. to give them our passports to get a yep. photocopy of them at the desk. I'm sure it's still yeah, there. I'm sure three it's still there. Right. We'll call one of those hotels and see. Yeah, I don't know. Do you have a copy? Do you have a picture of your passport? I think, yeah, no, I always carry an extra one just in case. I took a picture of mine and have it on my phone, but yeah. I can't be responsible for everybody else. Yeah, well, uh, just so you know, everybody, I know, AJ, Anthony, you're really worried about this, but I did check right before the show, and yes, he's found his passport. So there's oh, the answer. All so right. yep. well, I checked yeah. with Margo, <laughs> and she made it very clear that that Anthony, the father, has not checked 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 in I, once on this. No, subject. I haven't. It's I did make sure that they were that Margo was on the same. Well, I shouldn't say the same flight, but arrived in Around Miami the at the time. same time so that she could be on the same flight from Miami to the Bahamas yep. with, as AJ. Yep. So I got that part of it organized. Husband of the year. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the Wild right now. Uh, they've gone into LTIR situation. They had a choice between emergency recall and LTI. Um, they don't get a full capture of Alex Goligoski's uh, two million dollars, but one nine five. So basically, they lose about fifty grand. Um, uh, Sammy Walker calls up when you go into LTI. A player's performance bonus average goes into that pot. So. Uh, right now, he gets a full 925, which means the Wild are down to about 1.07 that they can call, which is essentially another forward if they get right. into it. Could call uh, but, almost. They could call up anybody yes. off the Iowa roster right now. Right but now. if they have any more nicks and knacks, it's a problem. And obviously, Boldy is uh, week to week. I think less serious than Spurgeon's injury that he had. Uh, so I think he'll miss a couple weeks. And the good news is that Jared Spurgeon got on the ice yesterday, so he's getting closer. Which is again why they are not couldn't go into LTI with uh, Spurgeon or Boldy. You can't just make it up, and you certainly don't want all of a sudden those guys to be ready to play and they're now ineligible to play. So Goligoski uh, hurts his foot the other night. The other uh, practice uh, Monday in uh, Montreal goes on LTI, gives them the opportunity to call Sammy Walker. He'll just slide right into the Joe Hansen and uh, Eric Zanek line. Yeah, and they had to play a man short the other night. That gave them the other option, which right. was to use the emergency recall situation if Goligoski's injury hadn't been serious enough to warrant guaranteeing that he was going to be out for 24 days and 10 games. They're tight against the cap. They're not the only one in this spot. I mean, there are so many teams in the league right now that are right up against it and are going to be in these kind of situations all year long. The Wild could have withstood an injury or two at the start of the year. They just couldn't withstand three. Right. And that's where they are right now with three significant guys. It was amazing the other night. The, the game in Montreal, when you add – the penalties for the Parisi Suter buyout with the guys that were out of the lineup, they were $31 million under the cap that night with their lineup. So they were like $8 million underneath what is the floor. for The floor is $61.7 million. Every team has to have $61.7 million in contracts. And the Wild threw a team out there on the ice that night that was in the low 50s, which is amazing when you really think about it. Yeah. What that means that you're throwing a competitive NHL team out there 
that's 30 plus million dollars underneath the cap says a lot about yep. the way that they still found a way to win the game. Man, lucky they played the Habs the other night for this situation to happen. I remember talking to Gorgie in the morning uh, and he said, I think the Habs are much, much better than they, than uh, people think. Uh, no, they're not. They're they not. suck. They are so undisciplined. Um, the other thing, the other night, I don't know if you felt this way, but I think Joel Erickson Eck made, made like Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki want to quit hockey. Uh, he was such a beast the other night. Yeah, he it was, was good. Yeah. Um, and how about the, the fact that it just continues that he gets more penalty minutes for getting punched in the face than anybody I've ever seen. And I'm not saying the guy is a saint and that he's never at fault, but the play at the end of the game for which he got 12 minutes in penalties, yeah. if that's 12 minutes in penalties, I said it on the air that night, the little bump that he gave Caulfield yeah. after Caulfield took an extra whack at Fleury, yeah. that bump happens no less than 500 times a night in the NHL. Yeah. And he winds up getting 12 minutes in penalties because he got punched in the face four times yeah. after that little bump on Caulfield. It's crazy. It's unreal how – and the, there were some issues that night, I thought, with the way the game was officiated. I love the fact that they gave Mermis the instigator. I hope they give that instigator every single time it happens all year. Mm -hmm. he, it was a clean hit on Merrill. Mm -hmm. Mermis comes flying across, drops yeah. the gloves, fights the guy. Absolutely give him 2-5 and 10. Yeah, but I, I definitely – one thing I'll just add to that, I don't begrudge – in that situation, Murmur's no, going not after at all. the guy. Absolutely. Like, like, I'm just sorry, saying I five, hope that... In a 5-1 deficit, right. when you're clocking a, yeah. uh, uh, your defense partner as banged up as the Wild are, I think right. it is time it, to I, step up. 100%. But I just love the fact that the officials yep. called it. But then where I thought they had no idea what was going on in the game was you've got a wild team playing shorthanded. You've already sent one guy to the room for 17 minutes because of the instigator. And now because you feel like the game's getting out of control, you decide to give Jules Erickson Eck 10 minutes. And I'm sure their rationalization was, let's not let this get away. Yeah. We're just going to, well, now let's say there were five more minutes left in the game at that point. Mm -hmm. Are you going to make the wild play with 15 guys yeah. for the my, rest of the way? My guess is they wouldn't. I think it was because it was late and they also were probably saving any potential instigators that could happen in the last five minutes Maybe, that resulted in fines I just and felt suspensions. Like it was no. to give give the guy who came and attacked yeah, I, I, him. I, I don't the disagree. 10 and they did give Anderson that. But, they did. Uh, but you're right. Did Eric Snack deserve it? No. I think they probably felt that he knew what he was doing. Um, you know, but you're right. I mean the, the one it thing I'll say a, about that it game was a half-hearted yeah. bump yeah. on a guy. Yep. That one, happens yep. after every yeah. single whistle all night right. long. One thing I'll say about that game, though, is the Wild have no complaints about the officiating that game. I mean, everything no. that Montreal did, they were sent to the box. I mean, how dumb were some of those penalties? They were they dumb, but they were all penalties. <laughs> how about the, the penalty by the by the twenty year old yeah, uh, kid from Slavkovsky? <laughs> like, yeah, what? it was is ridiculous. They finally got back in a game they had no right to be in. They were right. on a power play. They finally get set up. They could yeah. pull within one, and he, and he comes and knocks idiot. the stick out of it. I mean, yeah, it was, it was that just, was the kind of stuff. Like the, the yeah. one right at the end of the period against yeah. Jack Eye, yeah, that was ridiculous. But yeah. that every so single stupid. one of those was a yeah. legit penalty. Yeah, absolutely, uh, just unbelievable. Thanks again uh, for listening to us at the Aquarius Home Service Studio. Uh, so again, um, Boldy Spurgeon and Goligoski out of the lineup. Uh, Walker will slide into the Johansson and Erickson Eck line tonight. And one big reason, Anthony, is because Dean is really, really happy with the way that the Marco Rossi and the uh, Connor Jur lines have been playing. He doesn't want to mess with those lines. He doesn't yeah. want to, you know, in other words, and maybe even last year, he probably elevates Freddie Goudreau. He does not want to touch that Rossi line. Right I now. think the Rossi Felino Goudreau line has been their best. Absolutely. The Dewar Duhame and Maroon line, I actually thought was not very good in Toronto. 
and Dean's talked glowingly about how good he thinks they've played. Mm-hmm. I thought they were okay against Montreal. It was really it was Dewar and Duhame shorthanded that made that line look a lot better. But they were fine, and they've been they've been absolutely good enough as a fourth line without a doubt. But the Felino, Gaudreau, and Rossi line has mm-hmm. been terrific, and I think I, I'm. All on board. Marco Rossi's looked different. He's looked better. He's looked more confident. He's got great hands. He's got great vision. He's been a little stronger on pucks. The key to that line has been Marcus Foligno. Absolutely. He has been terrific so far this season, creating loose pucks with his physical play offensively, winning puck battles along the boards. He's been great coming back into his own zone. He, I think, is what's been the driving force of that line. Gaudreau's been Gaudreau. He's been fine. Felino's been the difference, and if he keeps playing the way he's playing right now, that line has a chance to develop into a legit shutdown yeah. third line that can also make you pay if you make mistakes. Couldn't agree with you more. The one thing I will ask you again, and I know that we've talked about this way, way, way too much here, um, but again, the Felino contract. Um, the one, the other reason why at the time I was wondering if they'd wait is um, is Duham. Like this is this is a young kid. And if he just if if that Felino contract essentially priced him out of Minnesota, I think the Wild are going to regret that. I mean, he is he's a heck of a player, Anthony, and and um, and he's, he's, a, got, he's a heck of a player, but he's not Marcus Felino. I know, I know, but but let's let's just say right now on the uh, uh, you, you could re-sign him at two and a half. Well, if the Wild can't afford that, I think they're going to regret that. I think having him um, on this roster is a big coup. And if he just priced himself out, I mean, it's. I just think it's going to be a regrettable, uh, regrettable thing. It, I, I just, I really like this guy, and 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 I think that they probably threw a lot of money around. Um, when I still think they probably could have played a little. I think not only if they if they play a little hard, more hardball with Felino, who wanted to stay. Say you offer him three and a half, and you get him to take that. You get Hartman at three and a half. That's an extra mil. You know, I don't think Hartman gets four if Felino doesn't get four. Maybe not. Those are those are hard speculations to make mm-hmm. because you don't have any idea what the discussion really was. I I like Brandon Duhame, and he brings something to the table, but. He just he's not Marcus Foligno right. in a lot of ways. Right. He's not he, he hasn't shown the consistency that Foligno has. He isn't as experienced as Foligno and I think the bigger thing is Foligno's leadership with this team is Again, I'm not, such a yeah. huge part of this and and Duhame, well I believe that I think the guys all like him, but he doesn't play the same way when he's not playing well. Felino, the game, he gets off the rails sometimes for sure. We saw it happen in the playoffs last year. But it isn't because of his – he doesn't disappear when he's not playing well. He actually seems to get more frustrated and in some ways Marcus, becomes – Yeah, and in some ways becomes more of a lightning bolt, the lightning rod on this team. But I just think like the, the deal the other night when he fought Reeves in Toronto, it, it was almost like it – allowed him to arch his back a little bit like, all right, we don't have Ryan Reeves anymore. We have Marcus Foligno. And we're not – this doesn't mean that we're allowing guys to take liberties against us or anything else. I I think Duhame has a chance to be a a real good player in the NHL, but I don't think it's – at this point, Point. I don't think he's anywhere close to the player that Marcus. Well, Felino again, is. I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that at his age, I think he has the chance to be a heck of a player in this league. And I just think yeah, that at, you know he's big, he's strong, he's willing to fight, he's tough as nails, he's fast. 
Um, and and I think that he's got the ability to score. And I just I, I don't know that that to me I think is that's the biggest byproduct of this is that if they have to move on from him I think it's a problem. Yeah, Durer, I, Durer is a I different think you're thing. also making a you're making an assumption that number one he would have signed for three and a half million, and that number two if he signs for three and a half Hartman would have. Yeah, I just don't know that it's fair to make that assumption. Yeah, what if you go to Felino and say, hey. We need you to take three and a half. We know you want to stay. And he says, well, I'm not interested. Let's let the season play out. Yep. And now you lose him with no guarantee that Hartman signs for less. I, I, I'm just saying. I, I don't know, think. but you're, that's yeah. all a guess. Yeah. It's all speculation. Yeah, yeah. But it's and an educated guess from talking to people. So yeah. let. I think we're just making a – we're taking a couple steps that I don't think are a given. Mm-hmm. Just because he signs three and a half doesn't mean Ryan Hartman's going to sign three and a half. I mean, yeah. maybe he would. I'm just saying though that the second he signed four, Hartman's not coming back for less than four. Maybe I, I, you know, who knows? And we're never in those conversations, mm-hmm. so I, the you never know exactly what those negotiations are like when a GM and agent talk. Yeah, I mean, it, you just don't. And as much as we say, and I agreed with you at the time. I thought when I was just without taking a look at the full roster or anything else, if somebody would have said, what do you think Marcus Foligno signs for? I would have said three years, three and a half, somewhere in that area, and he ended up getting another year and a little more money. It surprised me the what he got, but you don't know what the – maybe Minnesota was lucky to get him at four times four because somebody else – on an open market, would have given him even more. Yeah. I I don't know about that. Well, I think I think, Hartman, that, I, I think, I I think Ryan think, Hartman yeah. probably gets yeah. more than he no, got I, if he's that, on again, the open that's market. What I'm, that's that's I don't disagree with you there. I think that that uh, both those guys get that on the open market. But I also think that in this cap situation where team players want to be in Minnesota, I think that you could play ball with those guys. And I just think because of that, now it takes extra money away from player. Like, could you imagine if you have a fourth line next year? Of Duhame, Huzandinov, and Sammy Walker, you know, you add, you add more, you add more skill, you add speed, and you, right. you you take away some, and you have a blend of toughness in that. And now I just don't know if they're going to be able to, yeah, you know, get. And I look at it the other way and say, how much different is this team? If let's just say even right now, the fourth line of Maroon, Dura, and Duhame have been good. How different would this team be if the fourth line had Walker, Vinny Letary, and Jujarkera on it? I don't. I don't know how different they'd be. Maybe slightly different, yeah. but I don't know how much less, more or less they'd be. I just think you've got a whole bunch of guys there that you're talking about guys where the margin between one and the other is pretty small. Mm-hmm. You're not talking about taking Matt Zuccarello out of your lineup and replacing him with a right. guy from Iowa. I think, just, I mean, I think the you've one, got six or seven guys yeah. that are that are kind yeah. of similar type players but and similar see, ability levels. I don't see Kara being. A guy like Duham. I just think that at Duham's age, No, but Kara could be maroon. Yeah. So Kara could be maroon and say Walker and Letary are your doer in Duham. I I just don't think you're talking about guys that are that different. Think about about selecting a team anywhere, no matter what level you're talking about. And your top, maybe your top eight, nine forwards and your top 5D are kind of no-brainers. And then the, the other guys... When you start looking at well, who's your six, seven, and eight defensemen? The, the the margin is razor thin. Who are your forwards? 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. The the margin is slim. Where on any given night, you throw Adam Beckman in in place of 
Brandon Duhame, and I don't know that on a uh, given night yeah. it, it's uh, Duhame's better, yeah. and that's why yeah. he's here. But I'm just saying I don't yeah. think it's as different as as maybe we're making it sound. I think I, there's I just, the those only guys thing aren't I would, that different. I would add to that though is that Duhame's 26 and has played in the National Hockey two years. He's by he's far from a finished yeah. product, I, I, and what that's he could true. be. But so are some of those other guys in Iowa mm-hmm. that we're talking about. So Sammy Walker, right? I mean, he's far from what a finished product would be. And if given the opportunity, I, I just don't know that there's that big a difference between those guys. I'm not Dewar, Duhame, Maroon right now are they are the better options. They are 10, 11, 12 on this team for a lot of reasons. Dewar and Duhame were huge on the kill the other night, and that's that's why they're there. I just don't think the the gap is as large when you compare them to the guys behind them as it is when you compare them to the guys mm-hmm. above them in the lineup. I guess that's the point I'm yeah. trying to make. And I don't disagree, and I think that sometimes we um, all, fans and media, discount the importance of a guy like Marcus Foligno in this lineup. I mean, he is invaluable. He's He's right. you know if he's the alpha male uh, of no of the of the of the leadership group, um, you see it after a game. I mean all the stuff he does. The I mean the other day a player we t- we interviewed him after the game, and you know after we're done he like says to the PR guy he goes my name wasn't on the board and the PR, and Sickman told him uh, you can be friendly to the media it doesn't matter. Marcus Foligno after every game after every practice it doesn't matter his name he is the he is willing to talk. You see it after wins, him just pumping guys as a, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, high fiving them as they leave the ice, giving the big bear hug to Zuccarello. He's invaluable on this team, so I don't disagree with that. Um, we're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Service Studio, and if you are feeling overwhelmed by a growing to do list and a shrinking schedule, spending more time stressing over household repairs that, than enjoying life, you're not alone. Aquarius Home Services has your back. They are your trusted local. Let us tackle your to do list team. Aquarius Home Services is here to assist. Whether it's your furnace, electrical work, or plumbing giving you trouble, you choose the service, they will handle the fix and take $98 off the repair cost. That's right. For any furnace, plumbing, or electrical repair, they're slashing $98 from the price. Watch your to-do list shrink while you reclaim your time. No more worrying about flickering lights, leaky toilets, or noisy furnaces. Their dedicated professionals respect your home and your time. Aquarius believes in earning the right to be recommended. They're just a cloak away at AquariusHomeServices.com. Don't forget to mention that Russo sent you. And here's a word from Chris Lindahl Real Estate. A guaranteed cash offer from Chris Lindahl Real Estate is exactly what you need right now. Everyone can see the real estate market is cooling off quickly. Well, don't be one of the houses that doesn't sell. Be a smart seller and get a guaranteed cash offer today. There are no commissions, no repairs, and no open houses. Chris Lindahl Real Estate's guaranteed offer puts you in control so you can sell your home fast. The economy and housing market are becoming more uncertain, and homeowners just like you want to make sure you cash in on your equity. And that's why thousands of clients work with Chris Lindahl Real Estate. They have over 4,000 five-star reviews because their guaranteed offer works. You sell your home quickly, stress-free, and move when it's convenient for you. Just go to chrislindahl.com for a free, no-obligation, guaranteed cash offer. It's available 24 hours a day. They'll make you an as-is cash offer on your home fast. Whether it's a total fixer-upper or in perfect condition, Chrislindahl Real Estate's guaranteed cash offer is the easiest way to sell your home. To find out what your guaranteed cash offer would be, go to chrislindahl.com right now and start packing. Terms and conditions apply. And here's a word from Bosch Law Firm. 
Hey, hockey fans, Jerry Bosch here again from Bosch Law Firm and WorkCompExperts.com. If you're injured at work, it's never too soon to contact the lawyers and awesome staff at Bosch Law Firm. We'll answer all your questions, help you set up your work comp claim, and help you select professionals who will be there to help you, not the insurance company. And with almost 30 years of litigation experience, if your benefits are denied, we'll fight to get you paid. Bosch Law Firm. The call's always free and there's never a fee unless we obtain benefits on your behalf. Call or text us at 651-333-8300 or visit us at workcompexperts.com. All right, back here, worst seats in the house, Mike Russo, Anthony Lepantaro, October 23rd, which I believe is a Monday, Anthony, uh, 7 p.m., uh, that, Monday it is in my calendar. Yep, split, <laughs> split Rocks uh, will be uh, heading over there. Um, let's talk about the goaltending decision. I mean, the other night, Anthony, you were calling the game. How how just sweet was it to see? It wasn't just his family applauding uh, Marc-Andre no. Fleury at the end. That the, the respectful nature of that crowd in Montreal is always just something to be seen. They always understand the moment. They do, and it was cool to see. And you could tell that Fleury had emotions the entire time we were in Montreal. Uh, we chatted with him at practice the day before the game, and you could tell he was, the moment mattered to him, for sure within the crowd. So cool to hear them chanting his name, and how perfect when he had the big windmill, double pad stack save, just vintage flurry in a game like that. And he was really good at a couple key points in that game. Minnesota was clearly the better team, but there were a couple moments where he had to make two, three big saves in a row yeah. where the game Especially could the have tipped the, the other way. Yeah. End of the second period, and then a couple points in the third period where if Montreal scores, all of a sudden the game changes quite a bit. And so I thought that was really cool to see. I think it's significant. In fact, I was just talking with Wes Walls this morning, and he asked if I was if I was surprised that Fleury was playing, and I said, "I'm absolutely not." I think that all year, all camp, Dean Evason has made it clear we're going to play the goaltender that's rolling right now. Philip Gustafson was great on opening night. He gave up seven in Toronto the next time out. Fleury played great. I don't. This is not a an empowering moment where it's. Gus, you're the, without a doubt, the number one goaltender on this team. This is, you gave up seven last time out. Fleury played great. After you played great, we gave you the second game. After Fleury plays great, we're going to give him a second game. And uh, they're going to go with the goaltender that is playing the best right now. I think it would have sent the wrong message if they would have gone back to Gus in this game. I still believe that by the time this season is over, Gus will get more starts than Fleury. Probably a 60-40 a type split, like 50 to 32 games or whatever that the ratio turns out to be. But right now, Marc-Andre Fleury earned this start tonight, and he'll get it. Five wins now from uh, tying, uh, six, six wins. wins from now tying right. uh, Patrick Waugh for second over uh, second uh, all time. Rock NHLS, uh, what have you seen from Kalen Addison so far? Do you feel he's making, uh, he's made strides defensively? Hard to argue his impact on the power play, Anthony. He's been better. I still don't think. I, you know what? I was surprised. The coaches really liked his game in Toronto. I didn't think he was great. No, I didn't think so either. And really, I think that was a big part of the reason why the defensive pairings got switched. Not just Addison, but yeah. it was Faber wow. and Brodine were terrific for two games, and the other pairs both really struggled. I, I think he was. I think he's been better. I, I still don't think. He's been he's been far from what you'd call a shutdown guy, but right now in the absence of Goligoski and Spurgeon, 
they need everybody. Yeah. And I think the fact that they played him with Brodeen, put Middleton with Faber, I mean, really, the I think the whole key to this start has been how good Brock Faber is. He's leading the team in even strength time on ice. They're leaning on him in so many situations. He's exceeded, I think, even their expectations for just how good he's been. His skating, his physical play, his poise with the puck, I think he has been maybe their best all-around player at this point through three games. Yeah, uh, eight games last season where he was not on the ice for an even-strength goal against, and I believe it's the same the first three games. So you, uh, I know it's the case for the regular season yeah. games. I don't recall if he was In the playoffs, in the playoffs he wasn't. Was not. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so he has not been on the ice for yeah, five. This year five. I know it's 5-0 goals for yeah. when he's been on the ice. Crazy. The only goal he's been on the ice on this year was one of the power play goals uh, in um, – Toronto. It might have been that. It might have been the Austin Matthews uh, one from the sidewall where he caromed it in off uh, Brodeen, if I remember correctly. Uh, Mags uh, asks, uh, can we confirm how does Rossi wants his name pronounced? He says that na- uh, that he wants it Rossi now. Um, Sarah wants to know, uh, why can't Bally Sports North show us fans at at home the opening night lineup? I look forward to it every year, and every year I get let down. You guys do show the lines, don't you? We show the lines. I think what she's talking about is the introductions. And some years at the oh, home opener, they've announced the whole roster. And when we've when they've done that, we've usually shown it. They didn't do it this year. They haven't done it. I haven't seen it in any of the ranks, actually. And now that I think about it, any of the games. Yeah, they don't Vegas do it really had the big ceremony yeah. with the cup, and I watched that. They did I, it for that. That was it. But I don't remember. think they did the whole roster. I watched the ceremony that night yeah. on TV. They carried the ceremony, but they didn't. They didn't introduce the whole roster. And I don't. Not, I haven't seen one broadcast, and I watched a fair number of the opening night shows everywhere. You know, so th- I think there's a. You have to remember what's going on in the arena at the time. So the a lot of nights they introduce the starting lineup, but the play it's not like the players skate out to the blue line when their name is called. It's usually just introducing them and it's a presentation on the scoreboard and it really isn't it's not good TV to be honest with you. That's part <laughs> of the reason why we don't show it and sometimes it goes right into the anthem. We occasionally show the anthems, but we normally, most arenas, you might have eight or ten minutes from the top of the hour, let's say it's a seven o'clock start, from the top of the hour to puck drop. And there's a lot of stuff that has to get in there. Some of it's sponsored elements. Some of it is a commercial break. And if we're going to show the anthem, that takes away a chunk of that, which we do occasionally. And especially if there's two anthems, if you've got Canadian and U.S., that's a lot of time. So it's just not... It just isn't good TV. And Plus, so, it eats into your camera time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I think we have less camera time than just about any broadcast <laughs> in the league. If you watch some of the other shows, yeah. and anytime people have – and I, I love people's comments on, on what they do, but understand I watch a ton of other local shows. I watch almost all of them. And almost all of those guys, as point number one is, that, like they're – on-air talent is on they're shown on camera a lot more than we are we're on in the open we're sometimes on in in one intermission but rarely and then we're on for a hit in the post game show we don't intermissions they don't come back to us almost every other local show they come back put these guys on camera they do it sometimes during the period we do it a lot during the baseball season with a little camera that shows the guys in the press box talking to each other we never do any of that so you know that's point one but the other point is that Sometimes when people will say, like, you know, you, you didn't show this, you didn't show that. Well, 
watch some of the other local shows. It's the, there are some things that you just can't do on a regular basis when you're doing 75 or 80 games over the course of a season that when a national show comes in and they're doing one show a week, it's a little bit different. And I'll put ours up against any of those shows night in, night out. Yeah, people that, that complain about uh, the, the local show are not watching every other show. I can assure that. Uh, Nate Snyder, uh, Nate Snyder asks, uh, we know that Kaprizov got off, kind of got off to kind of a slow start and finally broke out the ice against Montreal. Uh, but do you think the A got in his head a little bit and made him think he had to do more? I don't think so. I think this is. I think what's more in his head is his his belief that he gets off to slow starts, and you know maybe that was always the case also in the KHL. But you know the one thing I, I think that is a little overboard with him talking about it because he's the one that's turned this into a narrative. It's not the media. Is that he really had like. He scores the game-winning goal on his NHL debut and was on fire to start that season. The second year, they scored 47 goals. Yes, he went the first eight games without a goal, but he had a bunch of points. And last year, he got off to a, a really productive start. Maybe he didn't like the way he was playing, but offensively, he got off to a really good start. Um, but he brought up this narrative he's in the playoffs. It, I, and he's said it a couple times. Yeah. This So here's here are his numbers through the first three games each of his four seasons in the NHL. Mm -hmm. One goal, three assists for four points. This is through three games. Right. Second year, no goals, five assists for five points. Right. Third year, three goals, two assists for five exactly. points. Exactly. This year, one goal, four assists for five yeah. points. So through three games, he's averaged 4.75 points per game, <laughs> or points at that point. Yeah. He, so that's four seasons of three games, total yeah. of 12 games. Yeah. He's had one game where he didn't have a point. One time. Yeah. So three of the four years, he's had points in all three games to open the season. The other one, he had points in two out of three. I asked Dean about that this morning, in fact. I said, I, I keep hearing him say, I always start slow, I always start slow. Most guys would dream yeah. of a start like this. The only thing I'll say, though, is that he... And we see it even in games where we think that he played great. He'll He's always his hardest critic, and he is somebody that... Um, even if he's scoring points, it's how he feels. And even Dean has said he's just lacked that pop right now at five on five. I thought he's lacked the jump speed-wise mm -hmm. that he normally has had, and that we've seen early in seasons before. He's also missed some pucks that he typically yes. doesn't miss. And, and that's the stuff that's always in his head. Right. Ryan Carter and I were talking about this a little bit on the broadcast the other night in Montreal where I said there have been about four times where you've made the comment, Kirill Kaprizov just doesn't normally miss that one. Yeah. So he's had some of those opportunities. And then the one that he didn't miss, the Zuccarello pass the across, yeah. might have been the most challenging out of all of them. And he caught it flush. It was yeah. off his stick so fast that Montembeau had no chance to get to that post. There's not another guy in the lineup that gets that puck off that fast yeah. with that kind of velocity to finish. And maybe that'll just trigger some confidence now. He's always seemed to have some success against yeah. the Kings. He's a point-of-game player against him in his when career. Montembeau the other night did not look he good. He did not look good. <laughs> Wouldn't it be fun something if Marc-Andre Fleury signed there last next year? That would be hilarious. That would be such a great way to go out in his career. All right, Bush Wookie uh, goes, if Rossi keeps playing like this, uh, do you see him moving into the top six, maybe even 1C by the end of the season, Anthony? We've talked about this so many times. People keep asking this question, and it all depends on – the other guys, as much as it does, number one, he'd have to keep playing the way he's playing, and he's been great. Let's remember he's got one goal right now through these three games. 
yes, he could have had more. He did have another one that got overturned. I think his game's been terrific. Just let him keep playing where he's playing. And now, if Ryan Hartman goes down, put yourself in the spot where you're the logical guy to get tapped on the shoulder. But until something like that happens, no, you're not going to. He's not going to supplant Jewel Erickson Eck on the second line. He's likely not going to supplant Ryan Hartman on the top line. Be great where you are. That line's been Minnesota's best. Analytically, they are the best three forwards that Minnesota has at this point in the season, five on five, in terms of possession numbers, attempts for, expected goals for. They're the forwards one, two, three. So just keep thriving where you are. Dylan asked uh, in a podcast a couple weeks ago, you mentioned how the Canadian players have to pay a higher tax and we're getting more taxes taken out. It's unbelievable up there. People in Toronto lost, lose like 54% of their salaries. Anyway, uh, can they have it put in their contracts that a team has to pay some of that to offset some of the loss and pay? I mean, if I'm no accountant but if it's like us in the states no i mean it's income tax you can't you know i'd love to say to the athletic you know what i uh, thank you for all this money but uh, i'd like you to also pay 20 percent of my 30 whatever percent bracket i mean that that just doesn't work i can't imagine that's the ruling no Canada but too. i have always thought that it doesn't make any sense for the nhl to have a cap that doesn't take that into account yeah that you could very easily modify the salary cap to at least make it a level playing field for those teams where, but I suppose you'd have to. Uh, every guy would have to have a version of a two-way contract. Yeah. This is what your salary is as long as you're yeah. playing for the Maple Leafs. But if they trade you to the Avalanche, yeah. your salary I becomes think it would be this. way too complex. I mean, just think of the players that have to play in New York. I mean, they they yeah. are losing the difference much, of you know. Florida yeah. to New York. I, I get it. All those things are different. But in Canada, it seems like it's a disadvantage for them when it comes to trying to sign guys more so than it is. But uh, yeah, every state's different. So you have slight modifications everywhere you go. Yeah, Skyler asks, uh, obviously right now we have no option, but if, when the D is health, fully healthy, what is John Merrill's leash looking like? Is it pretty short? I don't think it is. I think they, they I mean, you know, who, they're not putting Goligoski in over Merrill. So who else is there? Well, not and, right now. Yeah. Goligoski's. But, I mean, but I, he's saying when everybody's healthy, and I, I just don't see that uh, being. being um, not on a regular basis, yeah. but keep in mind that if Jared Spurgeon comes back, that bumps. You're going to bump everybody down one spot. Then if Goligoski's back, it, we keep talking about this as if all seven or eight guys are going to be available on an every night basis. And Goligoski brings different things to the table than John Merrill does. So if it's a, when Goligoski was in, he was running the second power play group. When, if, if that became an issue, he's probably a more valuable guy, but Merrill's, He's going to be in the top six. Tell us about Twill and the Adina Galleria. Well, I'm excited to stop in there tomorrow, actually. I'm going to go down and see Scott Dayton and check it out. I, I've got to replace a black suit for this upcoming season. I'm also anxious to check out their fall selection of ties. He told me there were some new ones coming in since the last time I was down there. And I also got to pick up a couple. I realized that on this trip that it's fall now. We're heading into winter. So layering is key, and they've got some great quarter zip sweaters and sweatshirts, whether dressy or casual options. So I'm excited to go down there, make a few additions to the wardrobe for the upcoming season. Now that we're back in the routine of being on the road, you got to have some different clothing items than what I've been dealing with all summer where it's just been golf shirts. So I'm excited to go down there, see Scott. In fact, I'm going to be down there tomorrow. So Scott, if you're listening, I'll see you tomorrow at some point at Twill at the gallery at the Edina Galleria. And that's awesome. And here's a word from Royal Credit Union. 
Get $250 when you switch to a Royal Credit Union checking account. When I go to Royal, I feel very connected there. See details and open your account by November 15th at rcu.org slash checking bonus. Insured by NCUA. All right, back here, Worth Seats in the House, Michael Russo, Anthony LaPanta, October 23rd at 7 p.m. at Split Rocks this is our next live show. We have a great offer from Grain Belt as well. You can get a cheeseburger, fries, and a pint of Northeast for $12.99. We can also, from Torque Nor- Talk North, thank them. You can, if you get there early, you can register with Hannah for uh, wild tickets as well. All right, let's go back to Twitter questions. Um, uh, Twitter account, I only trust Russo, which is uh, definitely Anthony LaPanta's burner account. Exactly. Um, I know the trade deadline is a long ways away, but do you see this being the year the Billy gives up a higher draft pick to get a player with the other club retaining that player's salary. I mean, maybe. Um, you know, again, the Wild have zero cap space right now. So, I mean, they've got to start accruing if they're going to go and out and make trades. Um, Grandpa Wisdom, do you have something well, to add Well, I was just going to say, at this point in the season, it's I think that's an impossible guess to make yeah, because totally. you just have no idea about what's going to be happening. And I don't think it's likely that this is a season where the Wild are a player away and a player that they can afford that's going to make an impact. I, I right. just think it's really unlikely. And, They're not accruing yeah. much cap space right now. They're accruing zero with right. LTI. And, and Galagasi's not gone you no. know, for the season. He's going to be back in six to eight weeks. Right. So. And so even before that, they were only accruing like $250 a day after <laughs> the Spurgeon injury. So yeah. they, they weren't going to make up enough ground to make a major addition. The only way they would would be if there was a significant injury between now and then, and that's hard to speculate. You know what's annoying, too, is that you don't seem to notice the flies that are running around us right now. It's like you just, yeah, I mean, they've been all over you, and you're just like, like. I'm focused on the show. Yeah, all right. Um, All right, Grandpa Wisdom asks, if someone goes on LTR, what is the minimum amount of time they have to be out? 10 games and 24 days, and the keyword there. Uh, Lucas asks, when was the last time the team scored two shorthanded goals on the same penalty kill? I believe it's only happened once in team history, and that was Hartman and Steele last year against the Blues in 20 seconds apart. This was 25, right? Yeah, I know it happened last year. I don't know if I think that's the only other time. might have been. They've only had, I think, maybe four or five games with two shorties. Yeah. In the his- and so I, I, I didn't really go back and check it out. That was the first time ever on the road, I believe, or at least in the same been. period. Uh, Jordan asks, uh, who has the most interesting hobby on the wild? Um, uh, Brandon Duham uh, is big into Legos, uh, makes these elaborate, gigantic things. Um, Matt Boldy was telling me that he's gotten really big into art, and uh, that's something that I did that Truba story at the beginning of the year, and I might uh, have to tap into that uh, during the dog days. Well, I'm intrigued by Boldy's hobby of golf for obvious reasons, yeah. and Ryan Hartman would be right up there with him, but I, Billy Guerin's got the, he's a big Star Wars Lego yeah, guy, so built like some major projects at his house, especially during the COVID shutdown with like recreating some of the spaceships from <laughs> from Star Wars. Yeah, uh, Capri, Kirill Capri Sun. Pretty good uh, name. Uh, do you see Faber taking the power play one job from Addison? He has looked amazing and can cycle the puck very no. well. Uh, no. Uh, I actually asked about that the other day. Like, can you see it happening this year? And they don't want to throw too much at the kid early. He's been tremendous on the penalty kill. He's been tremendous five on five. But if you're going to not have Addison on on 
power play one, you might as well not play him. I yeah, mean, and Faber's a different kind of defenseman than Addison. Faber I think it is, could happen, though, at it, some point. I don't think so. Not, well, I mean, the maybe later in his career. Net, yeah, yeah, the, but the, the way now. he drives the net. But driving the net, is that's a valuable commodity for a defenseman five-on-five. Five. Yeah. It's less important on the power play. On the power play, you want a guy that walks the line particularly well, sees the ice really well, and moves the puck. Addison is more wired for that kind of play than Faber. Yeah. Faber's more valuable because he's down the wall, keeping things alive five on five, and then has the ability to take it to the net. You don't have your guy, your center point guy in this power play. He's not yeah. driving the net very often. Yeah. A Minnesota Wild source asks, uh, will some of the Russian prospects come over in the spring? Um, you know, uh, whether they come on NHL deals or AHL go there, I don't know yet. I haven't asked about that, but I will say uh, normally they would be going to the World Championships. Right now, that Russia is still banned from taking part in the IIHF uh, World, so they they would be theoretically free, I think. Um, so we will see. Uh, Carter Wetmore says, I've never seen Brodeen take so many hits as I've seen this year. Seems like it, he usually eludes the checks. Is he taking bigger risks? Are teams targeting him more? Um, uh, what do you th- what's your thoughts on that? I will say, I don't think Brodes, especially in Toronto, was as good as... Bro- I mean, fa- they were by far the best two, but Brodes had some atypical turnovers there. He, he hasn't, did. He look, and he looks to be not the healthiest right now. Um, he did have a lot of maintenance in, in preseason and things like that. But it definitely doesn't seem like he's uh, – I would agree that it seems like he's getting crushed at times. He has gotten hit a few more times. I think there's still a little bit of an adjustment. Even as good as Faber's been, you're still playing with a different guy than you've played with for seven years. So there's going to be a few times where – and you've seen a couple times where – uh, an awkward pass from one to the other has required a quick reversal or something like that. I, I think Brodeen's looked fine. I think he's been – it's hard to argue with with how good he's been. Those guys are both, what, I think plus five and plus four yeah. so far this season. Yeah, I'll take that any day. And we saw him get some power play two chances the other night, and he'll continue to get that right now with Goligoski and Spurgeon both out. I think he's been fine. And I Let's just think there's there, been – cowards. No chance. <laughs> Chris Conrad. Uh, Con- By the way, I really hope they get an exterminator in here before dinner because it is, they're just, we are inundated with flies and you don't seem to notice. I haven't noticed any. This is the meal room and there's flies well, everywhere. there's no food here yet, so I, I'm not worried about it. That's what my Right. Anyway, Chris Conrad, Conrad asks, uh, how, would, how worried should Foligno be and how soon do you think Flower will pay him back after the shaving cream incident after the Montreal game? Uh, I, we j- Joe just talked to him about that and it's going to be in our Monday Insider, so I don't want to give away the stuff they said but it is funny i mean flurry will get him back i mean flurry no was flurry was telling me that one reason why he doesn't go after his sister and his mom a lot is he doesn't want to always look over their shoulder knowing that they would get him back so flurry thinks like that that he will get back look at the fly on the freaking microphone well Anthony. do you think it's coincidence that he's bothering you and not me he's been around you too uh jesus all right <laughs> zach ass since I get, since you better I, call nine one one. How many Russo coffee? just had to slap a fly off his shoulder. This is a major injury. Time Jack to call nine one one. How many coffees did you have when the security staff asked you at the Bell Center uh, how many coffees I had? 
Oh, Faunus is in here. I mean, that's a sign that we got to wrap it up that's soon. That's probably why the flies are around. I know. That's a good point. <laughs> there we go. Um, uh, I had a bunch that morning. I At breakfast, I was having breakfast with some NHL folks, and I maybe had about three different double espressos. Uh, Tana Wirt says, I know it's early, but I've been really impressed with the Felino Rossi and Gujar line. Is it too early to come up with a name for that line, Anthony? Yes. He, he says the Forg line or the Frog line. I don't know. I mean, I probably have to come up with something better than the Frog line. Um, all right, Cassie says, uh, asking for someone, how do you calculate, get the speed of the puck when someone shoots it, and then you report it to go on TV? I'm actually going to be writing a lot about this on Monday because uh, I don't want to give away what's going on, but Monday is going to be a big day uh, in the league in terms of stats and things like that. But th th basically what it comes down to, Anthony, and I'll get much more educated about this in the next coming days, is that they got – sensors all around the arenas right now and that's how you're getting it and soon that I believe a lot of that information is going to be very open to the public. Yeah we've had they've been working on this for a few years and we had a chance to sit down with the it was all started with player tracking yeah so they've all got a chip in their jersey that allows everything to be tracked their location on the ice the amount of time that the puck's on their stick all that stuff remember the first year they started it the pucks were different when they put the chip in them where they yeah. didn't slide on the ice properly because they had a different coating on it. It wasn't intentional. It's just they it was accidental. So they had to put it on the shelf for a little while that season. But it's pretty fascinating what they're able to track yeah. with all this stuff. And so, yes, the, we get it immediately. We have a, we have a monitor that I think they call it CIS is the initial for it that has the data on there for – how far guys have skated tonight, exactly how long they've been on the ice for each shift, what the velocity was of the last shot. And it's all done, like we have a computer that ties into the NHL database that we don't show it real time very often, but that's how you get those little player bugs above the name. Mm -hmm. Like you'll see it when, I know ESPN's doing it a little bit more where almost the entire time you're on a power play, they've got those names over. It almost looks like a video game. I'm not a big fan of that yet, but we'll do it sometimes at face-offs just to show the fans who's on the ice, and that's where it comes from. It's because those chips, and we don't have a guy typing, okay, that's Kaprizov, that's Brodine. It comes from their jerseys. And the same is true with the velocity of the puck. So as soon as the puck is shot, we it's just like a pitch in baseball. You get the velocity of it immediately. And it, I think there's I think there's value in all of it. It's interesting. It's kind of cool to see from time to time. But I think it's going to be a while before it really – people have to see it for a while before they know what's normal. Like you see a pitcher throw right. and you know what 100 miles an hour is. You know what 95 right. – you've heard those numbers for enough years that you know what it is. Well, I don't think a lot of people would be able to tell you like – Yes. Well, that pass was 54 feet. Well, is that long or short? Like, right. what you know, is a that shot was at 70 miles an hour or 80 miles an hour? Well, what's a what is a ridiculously high velocity shot? So we'll have to see speed of a player. Yeah. Like this guy hit 18 miles an hour yeah. or 21 miles an hour coming down the wing. Well, what's high? 
Um, I, uh, if you didn't read it, read my Brandon Montour piece in the, in the Eastern final of the Stanley, it was, I think it to advance the Stanley Cup final and I had a lot of this stuff in there and the numbers were fascinating. Um, we're going to wrap up the show in a couple minutes here, but, uh, but, uh, again, uh, the other cool thing that's going on right now is now shots and block shots are even done automatically. So I'll be getting a lot of this info in the next couple of days and you can read that in Monday's athletic as well. I got another cool, uh, Monday insider lead for the wild also on, uh, that everybody can read as well. Um, Bryce, uh, as I thought about this last game when the cap rises and the dead cap is gone Faber and other deep men pro- prospects show they belong does it make Spurgeon tradable uh, possibly sign Kirill to an extension and give him the C to call it a lot of stuff to unpack there I do think that at some point they are going to probably have to make a decision on Spurgeon's future he does have a limited no trade and I do think that they would love to eventually upgrade as he continues to get older in age um, I personally think that Brock Faber is the next captain of this team more so than, uh, than Kirill Kaprizov that's just my gut um, educated Boy, that's, guys. Uh, that's a that's all. I think that's it, quite a leap for a guy who's eight games into his career. I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I'm I don't, just saying. Yeah, I think we're talking has, like in a couple years. Yeah, I mean, he's got he's off to a great start. He's played five regular season NHL. I games. I was right about the A. And yeah, I'll be right about well, this. We'll see. Um, toasted man. Uh, when does Hunt, Lambos, O'Rourke get their shot? Letarian Kara next forwards up. Uh, Letarian Kara probably the next forwards up. And then in terms of Hunt, Lambos, and O'Rourke, they need time to play in the minors. These are twenty-year-old defensemen. Um, they're they're not. You know that was actually one thing I was a little surprised as the Wild didn't add another seven. And, like yeah. they they set themselves up with Kara and Patan and Lucini and and uh, Letary, and they only had Mermis on there. I was surprised they didn't sign like one more veteran defense to have as a call-up option. Perhaps, but the the only thing I would add is, right now, let's say the Wild are heading for, the, we go to Philadelphia, Washington, New Jersey next week. Let's say that trip was leaving today. I think you have to bring another defenseman with you. Mm-hmm. You can't go out there with the six you have. You've got two defensemen on the shelf right now. They do have the ability to yep, call up an extra good. guy with the long-term injury. It's got to be Damon Hunt, right? I would think, but I would I would bet you got to bring one of those guys yeah. with you on that trip. You have back-to-back yeah. games at one point on the trip. you got three and four days. Yeah. You can't afford the risk of heading out there, and if any defenseman goes down, you wouldn't have enough. I'm still – like, I'm a little surprised, and I still th- – Wonder. I don't know the names out there, but if there's somebody on the scrap heap that is still hasn't gotten a job that you could sign to a one-year seven seventy-five two-way, stick them down there and just have for this type of ability. Like it just fe- feels like they're. If you really want to let these kids cook in the minors, it feels like they're one seven seventy-five veteran D away. I don't know. Again, those yeah. a lot of guys have signed in Europe. I don't know who's out there. Well, and let's remember that right now they're they're already two significant injuries down. They weren't. I think it's fair to go into a season with a plan that allows you to withstand two injuries right. out of your top six defensemen, right. but maybe not be prepared for three at the same time. Mm-hmm. I, it maybe just, sign Brad Bombardier to a little PTO. All right, last question of the show. Um, AJ Spears, who of the two of you could blend in more with high society types? It's got to be me. High society, like high society what? High society, I don't know, super rich, famous people. There's no chance. It definitely may. There's no chance it could be you. Number one, they'd throw you out for just staring at your phone the whole time that you were having dinner with them. Then, I mean, you can't wear a ball cap, although I'm impressed you don't have a ball cap on today. I know. I forgot to put it on. Yeah. That's why I, my hair looks like right. this. And you couldn't, you'd have to, like, just show up and be prepared to interact with humans. All right. Good point. All right. Anthony wins that one. All right. Um, but... We do know that your burner Twitter account is I only trust Russo. 
we did come to that you, decision d- during the do show. You, can you think of a person on the planet who's less likely to have a second social media account than me? That's true. You are the king of the selfies. You couldn't stomach not putting a selfie on that Twitter account. Uh, yeah, well, I just like to show people where we are, what we're doing. <laughs> you take more selfies than like a teenage girl. I don't know about that. Uh, you just everyone. The only reason I take them is because we're going to post a picture of where we are. <laughs> All right, October twenty third, our next live show at Split Rock, seven p.m. Come on out there. Uh, Grain Belt's got a couple really cool things uh, in terms of a dinner special. Again, the twelve ninety nine for the cheeseburger, fries, and a pint of Nordice. And also, you can register for wild tickets with Hannah from Talk North. Um, November first is our next live show at Tuttle's and Hopkins. That's also at seven p.m. Hopefully, everybody comes out to that show uh, to both shows. But we haven't been in Tuttle's in a long long time and we want to go out there more so definitely come on out thanks to our incredible sponsors bowen lodge on lake winnebagashish aquarius home services your local authorized dealer for connecticut water treatments um chris lindahl real estate bosch law firm twill in the dyna galleria and royal credit union talk on october 23rd everybody thank you so much coming out there's nothing going High society, I don't know, super rich, famous people. It definitely me.